0: Hello everyone and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain, six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex and this week, actually next week, March 15th is right around the corner and you know what that means, the Ides are upon us. But is this date really cursed in some way? Let's get into the infamous date and the title that helped make it so. It's time for the Ides of March and Caesar. Caesar. Despite the ominous weight the date has taken on over the years, the Ides of March has a decidedly less-than-spooky historical origin. Ides, along with kalends and nons, were terms used to mark dates in relation to lunar phases. The kalends signaled the first day of the month and fell on a crescent moon. The nons corresponded with the first quarter of the moon and fell on the fifth day of the month in January, February, April, June, August, September, November, and December, and the seventh day in March, May, July, and October. The Ides signaled the arrival of the full moon, and fell on the thirteenth day in months when the nons were on the fifth, and the fifteenth day in months when the nons were on the seventh day. That was it. The Ides, specifically the Ides of March, were just a calendar marking. And a good one at that. The Roman New Year once fell on the Ides of March. That is until Julius Caesar changed the official date of the New Year month to January, only two years before he was betrayed by his Senate and murdered on the Ides of March in the year 44 BCE, becoming the most famous dark act to fall on the date. But not the only dark act. The Ides of March have collected a murderer's row of events, enough to certainly gain a reputation for more than a fair share of unluckiness. Here's just a bit of the infamy that has happened on the date over the years. In 1917, Tsar Nicholas II officially signs his abdication papers, putting a halt to royal rule in Russia that spanned 304 years. Under Bolshevik rule, the Tsar and his family are taken captive, and in July of the next year, are killed before a firing squad. A Saturday night blizzard sweeps into the Northern Great Plains on the Ides of March in 1941. Although a light snow was falling in the evening, it didn't sound the alarm bells of an incoming storm and many people headed out for a bit of socialization. Soon, 60 mile per hour winds blasted across the plains. When all was said and done, 151 people were dead. In 1889, A cyclone in Apia, Samoa, wrecked six warships stationed at the harbor. The USS Trenton, Nipsic, and Vandalia, the British HMS Calliope, and the German SMS Olga, Eber, and Adler. More than 171 people were killed, although some historians do say the natural disaster prevented a likely war due to the three nations' dueling attempts at annexing the island of Samoa. In 1971, CBS canceled the Ed Sullivan show on the Ides of March, marking the death knell for variety shows. Okay, so they weren't all catastrophic, but there clearly have been some horrible things that have happened on the Ides of March. But is the date's negative association a true marker of horror, or a little dot connecting courtesy of our brains? In statistics, a type 1 error is the tendency to find patterns in unrelated data points, while a type 2 error is the inability to make connections between related data points. Walking into your home and not being able to connect the broken window to the rummaged drawers to the muddy footprints, a type 2 error is dangerous. Thankfully, our brains tend to skew toward making patterns rather than ignoring them. An evolutionary benefit, sure, but one that can sometimes get the best of us. Apophenia is the tendency to make connections between seemingly unrelated things. The term was coined by German neurologist Klaus Conrad in 1958, who first believed it to be a form of psychotic thought behavior. Now, we understand it to be a normal quirk of our minds. The brain is a pattern-creating machine and will feverishly go all pins, yarns, and corkboard pretty much whenever it can. It makes sense, then, that the Ides of March, which first kicked off its notorious reputation with the assassination of a general, has accumulated so much negativity. Throw a thousand events that have happened on the Ides of March up on a board, and most people will link the bad ones first, while paying much less attention to the countless beautiful things that have also happened. But we shouldn't necessarily think of apophenia as something to dull or destroy. Our pattern-making tendency allows us to be dazzled by optical illusions and gives authors an arsenal of foreshadowing and breadcrumb placement knowing readers will make connections. Even in the psychological world, practices such as free association allows a trained professional to potentially crack open a mind by finding patterns in word association. So, yes, the brain along with a bit of bad timing, has helped turn the Ides of March into the ominous date it has become. But that pattern might not have developed if a group of men hadn't taken up knives in the Roman Senate more than 2,000 years ago. Let's dig into a title, a famous Roman general, and another delicious item that bears the name Caesar. The distinction Caesar is a title of imperial character born of the Roman era, but it started out as just a family name. In 27 BCE, Gaius Octavian became emperor of Rome, and, to emphasize his relationship with Julius Caesar, we'll get to him in a minute, he chose to style his title as Imperator Caesar, with the Senate adding the honorific Augustus, meaning majestic or venerable to the full name. Thus, Caesar Augustus was born, and, thanks to his exemplary execution of duty, the full title of Caesar Augustus would be adopted by future rulers for more than a century. Interestingly, the exact meaning of the word is unknown. There are several theories, but the man himself, Julius, believed it to come from an ancient Punic word meaning elephant. Speaking of Julius... Julius Caesar began his political career in 78 BCE as a leader of the popular party. A skilled orator, Caesar won a considerable following, helping him to raise a private army to take on the king of Pontus in 74 BCE. Nearly a decade later, Caesar was elected Pontifex Maximus, or high priest, and was declared a governor of farther Spain a few years after that. By teaming up with Pompey, a Roman general, and Marcus Lincius Crassus, the richest man in Rome, Caesar formed the first triumvirate and, thanks to the trio's combined influence, was elected consul in 59 BCE. Now possessing essentially the highest position in the Roman Republic, Caesar spent the next decade traveling and expanding Roman rule through military tactics. In 45 BCE, he was declared dictator for life, a title he wouldn't hold for long. While Caesar won more and more support from citizens thanks to his populist leanings, the same couldn't be said for the members of the Roman Senate. On March 15th, 44 BCE, the Ides of March, Julius Caesar was assassinated by a group of conspirators. With Caesar's death, the conspirators hoped for the return of the Roman Republic. Instead, Rome was thrust into a series of civil wars, ending with the rise of Gaius Octavian, who, thanks to Julius Caesar's will, was named as the adopted son of the former dictator. Octavian, now Caesar Augustus, became emperor, destroying the Roman Republic for good. Not everything to hold the title of Caesar is drenched with political betrayal and blood. Sometimes... It's drenched with salad dressing instead. The Caesar salad has no connection with Rome, its generals, or its emperors. Instead, the culinary classic was developed by a chef named Caesar Cardini. After immigrating from northern Italy to the United States in the 1910s, Cardini made his way to San Diego and operated a French restaurant until Prohibition came crashing down in 1920. Cardini kept his San Diego joint open, but started another restaurant in Tijuana so he could sling a little liquor. According to lore, Caesar created the famous salad on July 4, 1924. Slammed by Americans crossing the border looking for good times and low on supplies, Cardini allegedly threw together some of the only ingredients he had left. Stalks of lettuce, olive oil, raw eggs, croutons, Parmesan cheese, and Worcestershire sauce. A.K.A. a Caesar salad Now, accounts do differ Some say it was Caesar's brother, Alessandro Who created the original mix of ingredients at the Tijuana restaurant First naming it the Aviator Salad In honor of his time spent as an Italian pilot during World War I Others say it was a restaurant employee named Livio Santini Who popularized the concoction Which was his mother's recipe in this version of the story Both of these tales end the same way with Caesar realizing how popular the salad was getting and swiftly renaming it after himself to cement his culinary influence. In 1948, Caesar patented the recipe, and in 1953, the International Society of Epicure dubbed the Caesar salad the, quote, greatest recipe to originate in the Americas in the last half century. These days, you can get the dish pretty much anywhere, but there's only one location where you can enjoy a real-deal Caesar salad. Caesar's Restaurant in Tijuana, still in operation today. There you have it, a kind of but not really ominous date, and a title that spans generals, emperors, and salads. Until the next six-pack of facts, beware the Ides of March! Or don't, you'll probably be fine either way. Whatever you do choose, as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.